Thank you, Paulette. Kids, I want to say something to you before uh, we talk to uh, this little short sermon that we've got, and I promise it'll be really short. But I want to issue you a challenge during this short little sermon, and, and the challenge is this. One of the things that, that Miss Paulette just talked about was uh, Emmanuel, which was one of the names that was given to Jesus. You know how uh, as kids, you often have different names that are given to you by your parents, nicknames and things like that. Well, Emmanuel was one of the names that was given uh, to Jesus. And that name actually means God with us. It means God with us. So here's my challenge to you kids that are, that are in the room. I'm going to talk for about 10 minutes, and I promise I'm just going to keep it to about 10 minutes, all right? But I'm going to talk about that very thing, about God with us. And they always say that when you want to say something important, you've got to say it a lot of times. So here's the, my challenge to you. As I talk over the next 10 minutes, I want you to count how many times I say with us. You understand? Count how many times I say with us. It might be God with us. It might be I will be with you or, or uh, I will walk with you or be with you, whatever it is. But count the amount of times that I say with us in the next 10 minutes. And at the end, I want to ask and see how many of you counted and how many times we actually said it. Okay, you got it? All right, sounds good. Well, uh, to everyone else that's here, you know we gather each year to celebrate the incarnation of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And I can remember uh, when we had a Christmas Eve service uh, this time last year, I was so thrilled that we were able to have uh, a Christmas Eve service in person. So thankful that we could gather together in person, because if you remember, last year we had a lot of times where we had to meet together as uh, a church only virtually or online or whatever it was. So this time last year, was so excited that we actually had, got to have a Christmas Eve service in person. And I can remember thinking to myself, well, we finally crossed the threshold. We finally can put all those things behind us and all the, the realities of living with the pandemic, all those things we can put behind us. Um, but probably like many of you here this moment in this service today, we're starting to feel like this pandemic and all the implications associated with us are not completely behind us like we may have thought it was last year. Um, many of the issues, many of the realities of that are still with us, and we're reminded that a lot of those things are just not simply in the rearview mirror, but they might have implications for our present, and of course the future is a bit uncertain as well. But one of the things that I've noticed uh, over the past two years is whenever issues like this come up, or crises, or whatever you want to call it, whenever things like this come up, they really do shine a light into our world and into our cultural moment. Often they, they put a mirror up in front of us, and our hearts are reflected back to us. They sometimes show us things about ourselves that we didn't realize were there or were true about us. And one of the things that I've noticed over the past couple of years, probably more than anything, as we've dealt with this current crisis and the reality of it all, is that just, this is what I've noticed, we are fearful as a people. That there, it is so easy for our fears to emerge, to come to the surface. And, and many of us have felt trapped by fears over the past two years. And maybe those fears aren't even related to a pandemic. Maybe it's related to any number of things that can be true about our lives. We all have fears. As kids, we were afraid of what was underneath the bed or what was in the closet or the boogeyman or whatever it is, and we grow past those things, but they often get replaced by other fears as well. 
When it comes to fears, fears always threaten to overrule us. They threaten to turn us into something we don't really like about ourselves. They're things that keep us awake at night or things that maybe threaten our mental health or our own stability. And what fears do is they remind us of the one thing that we most dislike admitting, and that is this, that we are actually not in control of a lot of things that happen in our lives. That's what fears are. They remind us of how much we are not in control of so much in our lives, and none of us are immune to fears. We always know when they're going to come. We sometimes don't know when they're going to come, but they always come. The prophet Isaiah that we're going to read about here in just a second, and ultimately the Christmas story, have something to say about our fears. So what I want to do is read from Isaiah 45, I'm going to read Isaiah 43, I'm going to read verses 1 to 5, then I'm going to skip down and read verses 18 to 21. So listen to God's word. But now thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I've called you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flames shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt as your ransom, Cush and Seba, in exchange for you, because you are precious in my eyes and honored, and I love you. I give men in return for you, peoples in exchange for your life. Fear not. For I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east, and from the west I will gather you. Now skipping down to verse 18. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the desert and rivers in the desert. The wild beasts will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches, for I give water in the wilderness, rivers in the desert, to give drink to my chosen people, the people whom I formed for myself, that they might declare my praise. This is God's word. I don't know how many of you have ever read uh, the trilogy, The Lord of the Rings, or saw the movies that were really popular uh, probably 10 or so years ago now at this point. Uh, But it was one of my favorite trilogies to read growing up. And if you don't know the story, it's the story about a, a young little hobbit whose name was Frodo. And he was given an immense task that was virtually impossible, and nobody expected him to be able to pull it off. And so Frodo becomes the protagonist of the story. But one of the things I've long argued is that while uh, Frodo is the protagonist of the story, I actually don't think he's the hero of the story. Because actually the hero of the story, I think, is his friend, his friend whose name is Sam. If you ever read the books, you know what I'm talking about. See, Frodo starts out with a whole bunch of friends, a whole fellowship of friends, but he finishes his big adventure only with his friend Sam. Sam's his most loyal friend. He walks through uh, with Frodo every step of the journey, even to the gates of hell. He never leaves Frodo's side. He never left him alone for even one moment. 
And even in the darkest moment of the whole story when Frodo's discouraged and it feels like all hope is lost, his friend Sam looks at him and he says this, but in the end, it is only a passing thing, this shadow. Even darkness must pass. A new day will come, and when the sun shines, it will shine out the clearer. I just read a passage from the book of Isaiah, and if we've been looking at Isaiah all throughout the Advent season here at City Church, and all throughout the book of Isaiah, we've talked about this, how there is a gathering storm that's happening around God's people, and it has an impending doom feel to it as you read the book. God had made it clear to his people that uh, they were headed for some really difficult times. There was the Babylonian Empire, the Assyrian Empire, the Persian Empire. These were all big empires, and they were gathering all around God's people into this great big storm. And God had even told them that they were about to get stepped on by all these nations that were around them. God told them that they would be conquered, that they would be displaced, that they would be carried into exile. Literally, they would be carried through hell, and all this was about to happen. That meant that families were going to be torn apart. It meant people's homes would be sacked and pillaged. It meant that women and children would be taken. It meant that the temple, their center of worship, was about to be destroyed, their most precious place. And they knew that God's people, they would be separated from one another. They would be subject to foreign forces. Everything was about to get really bad for God's people. And so he knew that, and he had something to say to them with this impending storm that was on the horizon. And he said this, as bad as things are going to get, as horrible as the realities are going to come, always remember that I am with you. Verse 2, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flames shall not consume you. Twice, God says to them in this passage, fear not, for I am with you. Fear not, for I am with you. When your family is torn apart, when you're carried away into exile, when your temple is destroyed, when your independence is stolen, fear not, for I am with you. Now, this is remarkable that God would say this, and I want to tell you why this is so remarkable. Sam was loyal to his friend Frodo, like we mentioned before, because they were close friends, they were friends for life, and Frodo was a pretty virtuous young guy. He was worthy of Sam's loyalty. He was heroic. He was virtuous. He was a kind person. But God's people in this story, not so much. Not so much. God's people for years up until this point had rebelled against God. They'd given themselves to idolatry. They'd practiced all sorts of empty religion. They actually treated God like a Santa Claus. They only wanted the blessings from God. They tried to manipulate and control God only to get his blessings. And even their wealth and their prosperity in this moment had caused them to step on the poor and the oppressed that were in their midst. And so God's people for years, for decades, for centuries, had rebelled against God. They'd spit in his face, as it were, continually as they committed all sorts of spiritual adulteries. And yet, this is what is so remarkable about the passage. And yet, in spite of all that, 
God is still tender with them. Listen to these words that God says to them. He says, because you are precious in my eyes and honored, and I love you. I give men in return for you, peoples in exchange for your life. So what God is saying here is that no matter how unfaithful they have been to him, he will remain faithful to them. No matter how much for centuries they'd run in the opposite direction of God, God will still be with them. This is what makes Matthew's account of Christ's birth so remarkable. Because Matthew in uh, chapter 1 says this. We just read it. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet, and that prophet was Isaiah. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. God promises to be with us. Those promises weren't just empty and hollow promises, he said to his people. They were real. And what the Christmas story tells us is that God became one of us so that he could be with us and keep his promises. What the gospel tells us is that Jesus will walk with us no matter what we face that he is our good shepherd that leads us through the valley of the shadow of death, Psalm 23. He's walked the path before us, and he will walk the path with us. And so, friends, I don't know what you've faced over the past couple of years. None of us know the trials that we may or may not face in the coming year. We don't know whether 2022 has all sorts of trials in store for us or all sorts of joys that lay in store for us or both at the same time. But know this, that if you are God's own, know that he is with you every single step of the way. That's what that baby lying in that manger reminds us of each year, that God is with us. It's shocking just as much today as it was back then. It's shocking because you and I, we're no better than God's people in Isaiah's day. We're just as unfaithful. We're just as spiritually adulterous. Our sins, our rebellions, they pile up. We want to manipulate and control God. We make a mess of our own lives. But God's faithfulness and his grace is always bigger. It's always bigger. God's grace is bigger than our sin because of who Jesus was and because of what he came to do. When Jesus is with us, our sins are forgiven and our fears are cast aside. Remember when the shepherds, the kids told the story earlier, remember when the shepherds were taking care of their flock that night? And the skies ripped open and the heavenly host was on display and the, the, the shepherds were shaken in their boots at that moment. Remember the first thing that came out of the angel's mouth, fear not. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. See, friends, Jesus chases away our fears and he replaces them with joy. He is our Emmanuel. He is God with us. Let's pray.